It's 6 a.m. Rise and Shine. Let's talk sports and welcome to The Grind. And good Monday to you, and welcome inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser, alongside Booner, as we grind it out here on a Monday edition. Booner, good morning. Welcome in. Hope you had a great weekend, and uh, I guess for all the mommies out there, happy Mother's Day late. Absolutely beautiful weather for Mother's Day. Flowers, sunny, breezy. You gotta love it, even with the... Everything going on around us. Do you do the flowers for for Mother's Day for your mom? I I did. uh, She's a sweet nut. That's where she gets all of her energy. She has to be moving around and energized. I'll do like uh, 80, 90% dark chocolate, which really just kind of amps her up. Then I'll do the the special. She loves the, the Mother's Day cards where you write... Ah, special little mementos of the past and two or three paragraphs and then uh, got her uh, a dozen roses. And a pickup truck. No, she, she actually <laughs> had some roses from uh, the last time. She saved them. They dried out. That's pretty impressive. That I mean, that's that's big time. I, uh, I was going to go the flower route. Like, my mom is a candle slash flower person, but she's really difficult to buy for other than that. Like, I feel like that's – I've really – she has every scent, every – every flower ever everything but so i had the candles had like a throw blanket she's a throw blanket lady too and and had this little nice thing but i wanted some flowers to kind of do the deal you want to know i went saturday morning after the frost you know what i'm talking about like you know everything kind of and we were going to meet on saturday so that laura could have her mother's day on sunday but we we i was like i'm gonna pick up some flowers on the way you know kind of freshy fresh you know Still look pretty from the way the the place had them displayed the whole deal. Right, and I'm rolling through there, and I stop at you know an, I'll just say an establishment in Sevier County because I don't want to give any plugs for anybody. Um, and maybe they did not know that it was going to frost or that it was going to get really cold Friday night. I think it got like uh, within one or two degrees, right? Like thirty four. Oh, it was tough. Yeah, and so everything kind of was a little shell shocked. You know what I'm saying? And so I'm like, well. Maybe this place just forgot to put their stuff in. Because between my house and my mom's house, there's like five nurseries. So I'm like, surely I'll find something, right? No, no. I'm going down the road and I'm like, did they not watch the weather? What else they got going on? What you know? So anyway, long story short, mom, uh, we had to get a rain check on the flowers. And, uh, and she got the can- candles, the throw blanket, and then, of course, the, the, the basket that it came in. I've got. Uh, she's not real. She's uh she's on this big kick. This uh, it's not really a calorie kick. It's not really a uh, um, a carb kick. It's just a eat these certain things kick. And so chocolate was not on that list. That's why candy didn't didn't make the list. Whatever, whatever makes them passionate and makes them look forward to the next day. My mom's lost like sixty pounds in the last like four months. It's, oh wow! I good, mean, go yeah. with it. Yeah, I was like, I ain't messing that up. I like to give my uh, I like to give a gift and be like uh, two feet away and watch their eyes, 
if the eyes just grow and uh it's it's like um if if you told your your wife or your girlfriend her uh eyebrows were too high that she was putting on painting on and she looked surprised no uh i mean you can really um, see someone's excitement in their eyes you, you can just read them and i love giving gifts and those eyes just i just feel really like, get big i just feel like boone you've had one of those girlfriends that painted eyebrows on too high you don't want to tell them they're too high <laughs> not boone's like you don't want to tell them again because I, I did one time and it just didn't work out so no. well uh, Talking about having an Oprah moment. Yeah, whoa. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Survey says, <laughs> but Laura was a little different this year. Like I, you know, normally, um, normally there's a little bit of a surprise element there. Uh, but this year, uh, Laura was real about like, let's do this, let's do this, and it was real intentional. We got out and did a few things as a family, but she really didn't want uh, some of her. She didn't really want like flowers or things like Laura. Laura tells me with the two boys and me, she said, I have to worry. And, and the puppy, she said, we have enough things to worry about keeping alive. So Laura's not a, not so much of an extra flower person, but, uh, but we had a really good day yesterday. Got a lot of things done. Didn't so much really leave the house a whole lot. Uh, and that was on purpose. And so, uh, had a really good weekend, had a really good day, but, uh, but Boone over the weekend, how about them vaults? Man, the, we are scorching the recruiting trail. You know, we we could come in here and just there's a number of songs uh, we could play that would be very appropriate. Uh, lining up, not missing the train. The volunteer recruiting train has taken off. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. If you if you look at this recruiting trail and, and you you talk about what this team has been able to do on the recruiting trail, I mean it's it's nothing short of amazing. Because if you look at it, if you look at what they've put together, twenty one commitments in the twenty twenty one class sits at number two nationally, and this is a team that that you look at just a few short years ago uh, was was replacing the coach had a had a a pretty a less than stellar weekend. Uh, we're coming out of the weekend, you know, we, we had a coach, we didn't have a coach, we had an athletic director, and then we fired him. I mean, that was that's the situation that Tennessee had just a couple short years ago. Now Jeremy Pruitt's and, and staff is in place. Philip Fulmer's the athletic director, and Tennessee is marching toward the fall uh, on a recruiting trail that's just, like like Boone said, nothing nothing short of scorching as Tennessee lands three big recruits over the weekend and three big pieces that, quite frankly, are, uh, are, are kind of identity-building kind of recruits because these are guys that, that you look at and, and these are going to be Pruitt guys. These are going to be these, – these match the mold of what he's turning this football team into when it's – you know, if it's on the offensive line, defensive line, that's big uglies. If it's if it's linebackers, it's guys that can play laterally, and then at the quarterback position, uh, you've seen a little bit of both. You've seen a Harrison Bailey come onto campus as a true passer, and then you've you've got Salter over the weekend out of Texas uh, that shows that he can be a dual threat guy. So I think it puts a lot on the table for for Tennessee uh, moving forward. Of course, we're going to have to to take what we get here and develop them. I, I think that's the big uh, crooks of what, what Jeremy Pruitt is going to have to develop that that basically Butch Jones couldn't in the fact that, Boone, Butch Jones could get the talent here. 
he just couldn't do anything with it. And, and so I think, you know, everybody is cautiously optimistic. I think we're all like, this is really great. They're really good right now, but let's hope we can develop them. Let's hope we're playing in the fall, but let's hope we can take some of this big talent and, and push on and, one, get them signed because a lot of these guys are commits. That doesn't mean signees. There's a there's a good little period between May and December that they're going to have some opportunities to probably visit campuses, uh, to talk with coaches, to go to camps, to get their star rating up. And, uh, and, and I think we're going to have to battle back and keep these guys just as much as we had to battle to get them. So, Boone, three big recruits, three huge recruits over the weekend. And, uh, and like I said, Tennessee sits with 21 recruits on the, on the cycle and sit right there uh, at number two in the country, number one in the Southeastern Conference uh, in recruiting. You know, th- there's a good argument for not being – number two in the country, but actually be a number one. Oh, absolutely. It, what I read said we were number two heading into the weekend, and then we got one Saturday and then two on Mother's Day. I, I did the, uh, like, little research as far as the month and the day. We we started out in 2019, and the first one we had was a four-star, we know. And then the next nine – they were all three stars. But I have a lot of confidence in Jerry, Jeremy Pruitt's ability to look at film. And you really kind of wonder about this three-star, four-star stuff. I mean, they're really, you know, your uh, your Brooks and your Lewises, these guys, the five stars, I think it's really not that difficult to, to find, like, the top 50, 60, 70 players when you get like to 100 and past, I think people are just kind of reaching and guessing. But yeah. uh, Wayne, you would not believe uh, our first 10 players. Basically, we had uh, in the we had two in the the 200th prospects in the nation, two in the 400s, two in the in the 500s. We went all the way up to like two in the 800s. That's considerably high. I think, that, I think we've got six in the ESPN top 300. Now, this was just the the first 10 signings. Right. I mean, you would – and then I did the math. I divided by 10. I'm like, whoa. But I don't I don't think they really are uh, accurate when they look at these guys. Now, when number 11 came in there, uh, it's Lewis, right? Mm-hmm. And Brooks. And then um, the uh, – the wide receiver when he came on and then the community college running back. Oh my goodness. I listed them there and it was, uh, well, three in two days, three in less than 24 hours. That's what we got this time. Yeah. We had a major run. We had eight in like seven days. And when, uh, April the 28th, we just started going off the charts when we got the five stars. And then you had number one at their position, number one in the state, and uh, sometimes in the top 30 in the nation. But uh, the steam has just risen so quickly. And where do we stop? I know we're at 21 now. I mean – You only got 25 spots. Four more? Yeah. Do you you think we're going to stop when we get 25? No. No. The problem is we're going to have to try to keep the 21 we've got right now. It's a long time between May and December. But – no, no, I think it's one of those deals, you know, and, and this is the, the maybe business side of the, the game. 
you know, there's probably a couple on here that, that you would say, if such and such is willing to come, you let him come and you maybe reevaluate one of these these two stars or one of these unrated players, which are they're far and few between on this class. It's pretty deep. But, but you know, I think you look at what we were able to do this weekend. Two of these kids played for the same high school. Yeah, uh, in, in uh, Baltimore. Baltimore, Maryland. Yeah, and, and they're two studs. I mean, Katron Evans, 6'5", 315 pounds, and Aaron Willis, six foot 200 pounds, both rated at a four-star with an opportunity this fall if football gets underway to get their fifth star. Uh, they're just they're just stud nasties. I mean, they're 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 crazy good looking on film. Laterally, they can play sideline to sideline, and I just I just love the way they they kind of got an eye for the ball. But that that defensive lineman six five three fifteen, I saw six seven uh, three fifty uh, on his uh, on his trajectory, like his growth chart. Well, you know, I was reading up on Katron and. I listed like six things, so I would try to remember them. He he violently explodes and divides double-team blocks. That kind of caught my attention. <laughs> he's a thick body. He's strong. He's quick to the ball, disruptive, and uh, strength. Strength just – and then I watched some video on him, man. I got real excited, and just as soon as uh, – his teammate sees that he's coming. He jumps in there, and a few hours later, and signs on. Do you see? Do you see how he did it? Oh, the the the, the Mother's, Mother's Day, Day gift. Like that was awesome to me. Like and and maybe everything's for show nowadays. What if right? coaches made players do that? You know, we may end up having players not come if the coach said, "You know, show me something more than your word." I felt solid when he did that. Did you not? No, that's what I was about to say. I, I don't know that I'm not really comfortable with him now. Now, it could be for show. It could be for a lot of things. And him say, Mama, I don't. I just don't feel like it, da-da-da-da-da, and change his mind later. But to me, you incorporate Mama into it, and there's a little bit more buy-in. Uh, it's a little bit more kind of I'm done, like turn this key and let's, let's rock and roll. But, no, I think these kids – if. Even the the Salter kid, and we haven't made it to him yet, the dual-threat quarterback, when he talked about, you know, he'd had a lot of opportunities, he'd had a lot of th- people coming at him, da-da-da-da-da, but he's confident and comfortable with this decision, boom, going to Tennessee. I the just, parents jumped on the, the train first. Yeah. They I, fell in love with us. Well, and I think, I think Jeremy Pruitt, if you've ever – I've been around him just a handful of times in a cordial, casual environment. Because anybody, when he gets up in front of the – the 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 microphone when he gets up in front of the media he kind of there's a there's a little bit of a barbed wire fence that just rolls right on up if that makes sense because he he understands that there's he don't know where it's at he don't know which way it's coming from but there's going to be a question that comes across that bow that he don't like and and i think from that standpoint that's not the recruiting jeremy pruitt that these kids see that's the I don't really like this side of the business. I don't want to do this. I'd rather be coaching, da-da-da-da-da. So what I'm saying about that is I've been around him like cordially, casually, and this is a guy who, man, you just want to talk to him. You just want to hear him talk about ball because, one, you know he knows what he's talking about, and, two, he's just kind of cool. You know what I'm saying? He's just like, oh, you want to know about how to, how to you know, what's the best way to run cover two? Oh, let, let me show you just real quick. And he's got his little marker and he does He mixes thing. three words, humbleness, genuine, 
and very knowledgeable. Well, I think he's got that he's got that southern gentleman thing going on. Yep. I, I think he's got a he's got a resume or a pedigree, however you want to look at it, that that can tell you as a parent, like this guy knows how to develop people. You know what I'm saying? I think you go visit, and if you're okay with him coaching them hard, then this is a guy you want to be around. You know what I'm saying? Because there is there's no if ands or buts. There's not he. I don't think he sells it as. Oh, well, if this thing, if it turns this way, well, as long as we stay healthy, you know, and he's got all these apprehensions, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I guess that's why I've always liked the, the trailblazers. That's why I like those guys that play or coach with their hair on fire is because there's all kinds of ifs and buts. That's for us to, to kind of bang around, but he needs to say, we're going to get there from here to there. We don't know exactly the road we're going to take, but we're getting there. Hey, Wayne, before we forget, go ahead and enlighten the listeners. The little Mother's Day uh, trick, you alluded to it. Did you – he he had handed his mother a gift, and, of course, he was videotaping This it. is Willis. This is that linebacker. And uh, he said, go ahead, Mom. Here's your Mother's Day present. And she got all excited because this is kind of a nice size bag, and she opens it up, and all of a sudden she puts on a Tennessee hat because mm-hmm. she's going to need that when she comes to watch him play. Yeah. He said, no, that's not all. Go ahead and dig in there deeper. And he's got a beautiful uh, Tennessee football T-shirt. And she's all excited. And I, I just thought that shows a kind of level of commitment. I mean, he, he's seeing her at the games, and he's got her dressed. And it'll be interesting to see if, if he uh, truly comes to us. But I just thought that was a little bit better when you invest your own money into it. Oh, I'd, well, <laughs> Uh, maybe, <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, I would say that there's a level of commitment when you involve your mom. I, I, I would like to think mom's bought in a uh, mom seemed genuinely happy about the Tennessee pick. So maybe that was her lean, you know, because I believe if it's not, if I'm not mistaken, is he the number 44 we were watching? Why no? Let me look. Let me, oh, he was number 44, but I'm trying to look at who else had him, beast. had him offers. I'm watching some of these guys, and, and you're you're looking, and there's 22 players out there, and all of a sudden this one guy has got a motor, and he's flying all over the field. I love the way he was uh, grabbing jersey. When he hits you – He's he, got ten fingers on that thing? He wrapped them up, knocked them. He tackled through them, which is something we tried to always talk about. You hit them, and by the time you slam them on the ground, you're another five, six yards back from the original spot where you hit them. I'll tell you, Willis, from uh, from Baltimore, Maryland, here here was his list of schools that had offered him. You want to hear them? Just, he, he had 24 offers, but I'll, I'll, I'll just throw out the ones that I feel like uh, mean something that he picked Tennessee ahead of. Alabama, Clemson, Florida, Georgia, LSU, Michigan, Nebraska, Ole Miss, Texas, Texas A&M, Virginia Tech, West Virginia, and Penn State. All those guys wanted him. And he chose to come to Knoxville. And the defensive tackle you alluded to, uh, they said the schools that were interested in him, and they said everyone. Yeah. I mean, it's easier just to say everyone. than. Uh, but I'm loving where we're, we're beating out Alabama, LSU, and Auburn. That quarterback you mentioned. Caden uh, Salter. Salter's number 43 in the state of Texas. Texas has so many athletes. And he's the number four dual threat quarterback, number 10 overall quarterback. But he's another T. Martin, another Josh Dobbs. Josh Dobbs just had 
the the long strides. I mean, he could cover five yards in two steps. He had the super super balance. I saw him run that fifty five yarder that broke a game open. He was two or three inches from the sideline. Oh yeah, that one. He against had the body, Florida. the body lean where he a part of his body was leaning out of bounds, but he was leaning back in bounds, and it's going to be exciting to see this this Texas quarterback. Yeah, so my, if we my can fa- hang on to my father in law told me he he thought about calling him Crisco Dobbs because he was just slick. He said he couldn't couldn't get tackled. But I go talk about that. talk about Salter. He had twenty seven offers: Tennessee, Arkansas, Auburn. Baylor, Connecticut, Georgia Tech, Houston, Kansas, Liberty, Michigan State, Ole Miss, South Carolina, Syracuse, UCLA, Texas, TCU, and Texas A&M all wanted uh, the services of Caden Salter. Biggest one being Auburn. That seemed to be the one we were battling for. And uh, yesterday he picks the Vols as well. 6'1", 185 pounds, dual threat quarterback out of Cedar Hill, Texas. Boone, I I beg the question just because I am interested – what does this mean for that quarterback room? It's getting busy in there. Do you do you see somebody leaving here in the summer? Like maybe a, uh, which I mean, this is a twenty twenty one guy. So I mean, there's a there's not a, it's not like they're all going to be here this fall. But, but it, Wayne, it was eight. They it was eight a, before we signed this guy. Yeah, I'm just saying that's a busy room. So we're only losing uh, JG this upcoming year. Well, we we would lose more than that. I so would think. I mean. I just don't know how many you want to carry. I don't know if they're going to bring some in because and 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 move them to wide receiver. You know, I heard the uh, uh, what was his name Holiday. They talked about moving him to more of like a Taysom Hill kind of role. You know, where he is a quarterback. He's coming in at Wildcat. He can throw it, but more than likely he's going to run. Uh, I just wonder how many of those guys are transitional because you know Jawan Jennings came in as a quarterback. And they moved him to wide receiver, and I, I feel like that was a pretty good move for him. So, and Bailey, uh, Bailey is far enough along where he's coming in in January, so he can learn the playbook. Yeah, he's it's, already here. We're going to have some different uh, plays drawn up for each ones, and uh, it's it's going to be exciting with a lot of options for OC. Uh, you know, uh, speaking of the old OC, he was a big reason a lot of these guys came. Uh, personal. Maybe it was uh, the Texas quarterback. He was able to come right before the shutdown, and he said, seeing him in person, seeing him go through spring practice, get coached up by the uh, – What we had of it. <laughs> yeah. Prepare for the orange and white game. Of course, we only prepared, what, four days. But the guys who personally got to talk with Pruitt, the quarterback coach, and uh, Chaney absolutely loved it. But uh, – of course, this is what they call a dead period, Wayno. What they really love, and this surprised me. I, I learn stuff every day. Uh, two of those monster guys from Baltimore, the reason they came is Tennessee texts the mom every day. It was a good night. Go Vols. It was a good morning. Hope you have a great day, Vols. <laughs> and he, he said they t- text – the mom every day and he said every other day uh there would be one text or or a phone call rather from a coach but they kept changing up the coaches and just he said no one recruited me as hard and aggressively and as steadily every day and i just fell in love with the environment and the coaches 
I tell you, it's about the details. You know, you talk about Brian Niedermeyer. I think he was the entry-level guy on a lot of these these recruits, and he's now transitioned from tight end to linebacker. So versatility is in his resume now. So we'll just we'll see how much we can lock him down because I think he's going to be a hot commodity. So the moving de- the dead also. period the dead period we know we're of course like I guess it's longer because of the the pandemic, but uh, we're allowed to go several days and just converse and talk away these possible recruits right well i mean i think there's limitations as far as text because they do have a they have a number on those because i know we've had to self-report some overages in that in that category but you know i think i think they've got it they've got it down to a science you know what i'm saying they, they've got these coaches tuned up to where they know what they need to do and they keep that uh, that line of communication because again uh these guys have committed but they've not signed so this recruitment is not over you got to keep doing what got you there and and hopefully sign those guys in 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 mid mid December if not if not in next February but but boom let's get to a break uh, listen to these great sponsors we're 25 minutes in we got to talk some more about this uh, this last dance but we're gonna take a break listen to these great sponsors when we come back last dance you know what happened in episodes seven and eight that will provide us uh, I guess a setup for what is the closing week of the last dance michael jordan story episodes nine and ten coming up but we're going to break down seven and eight on the flip side you're listening to the grind 100.9 fm 8 50 a.m and streaming at wkbl.com we'll be right back you don't want to miss it Hometown alternative to Ordinary Sports Radio, 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM, Rocky Top Sports. Buying a home is one of the biggest financial decisions you will ever make, and it can be overwhelming, but Donna Cry at Mortgage Investors Group is committed to making your home buying experience a pleasure. Donna Cry is my personal home mortgage specialist. MIG is rated number one in residential mortgage lenders in Tennessee. Are you considering a new home? Then use who I trust, Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group in Maryville. Whether you're buying your first home or your fifth, Donna will help you put your home ownership plans into action. Call Donna at 865-984-9948 or go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender. At The Blood Partnership, we're working to keep people safe and informed about the recent outbreak of COVID-19, the coronavirus. We know that as members of the community, businesses are experiencing unexpected challenges, and we're committed to providing as much support as possible. Find business and community information on our website at www.bluntchamber.com or search for Blunt Chamber on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work, or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. In uncertain times, you can be certain of this. The Salvation Army is serving those most in need with help and hope. Thanks to your donations, the Salvation Army is helping those affected by COVID-19. Those who've lost wages, who have no home to retreat to, who need food, help with utilities, and most of all, hope. To see how you can continue to make a difference, visit SalvationArmyUSA.org.
Have you heard about or seen the Grind's brand new user-friendly website? If the answer is no, I think you're kind of missing out. Our brand new website has ways to hook into the Grind from social media with links to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and SoundCloud so you can grind it out with us on social media. But if you say, I don't like social media, but I like podcasts, we've got those too. You can download the Grind Podcast on Apple Podcasts and Google Play Music directly from the website. It's a one-stop shop for everything The Grind. Check us out online, thegrindonsports.com. That's thegrindonsports.com. We don't always promise to be perfect, but we promise to give you our honest opinion. This is sports radio from a fan's perspective. You're listening to The Grind on 100.9 FM, 850 AM, Rocky Top Sports. And welcome back inside the WKBL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser alongside Booner. As we grind it out here on a Monday edition, Boone, we uh, we took nearly half the show to talk about Tennessee's explosion on the recruiting trail, but we're going to talk about the explosion that was the Chicago Bulls in the mid-90s. We talk about what what we had watched here the last few weeks as as the last dance, the, the Michael Jordan, the kind of run to the 98, uh, the second three-peat, the sixth championship, all the pieces that it had come to pieces uh, that had come to fruition. Uh, to that point, and uh, episode seven and eight were last night, and and man, just like the first six, uh, it's been it's been a really good story about about a killer instinct, about a, a guy who's just he's about his own destiny, you know, about his own destiny. He knows where he wants to be, he knows when he's fed up, and he knows kind of what he needs to do. And episode seven and eight last night, episode seven was about basically after the ninety three season. And I thought this was a good way that they put it. I think it was John Paxson uh, that was talking, and he said, you know, unlike 91 and 92, when we won it in 93, you could tell Jordan was more relieved that it was over versus excited that they had won. And 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 Jordan, you know, kind of was sat there like that. And, and you know, uh, after that, you know, just in the few short months after the season, his dad – is is murdered on the side side of the street, basically North Carolina South Carolina border, and uh, and, and then there's an investigation impending in that, and, and all this different stuff. Well, then all of a sudden Jordan decides that uh, he's done with basketball. He's gonna he's gonna shut it down, and he's gonna go uh, try his hand at baseball. Now it didn't unfold like that that he retired and was gonna go play baseball. It was I'm gonna retire means I can do whatever I want, and then just a few short months later. Uh, or actually a few weeks later, here he goes with the uh, the Chicago White Sox, which, funny, was owned by the owner the of the Chicago guy. Bulls. You know, it was really interesting, Wayno. James Jordan was his dad. And I'm a firm believer in this life. One of the things you need to learn before you say goodbye is the importance of having a mentor. It just it, It's a steady, it's a rock, it's an advisor – uh, they've been in situations. They tell you about things. That was so sad. He j- he just had kind of a careless uh, habit of, oh, I'm tired. I'm not going to fall asleep and kill myself. I'm going to pull over here and take a nap. And there were two words they used, greedy and brutal, 
two 18-year-olds just decided they probably recognized him because he was with Michael so much, and, and they just— They knew he had money. They killed him and said, let's, let's find a bunch of hundreds and thousands, and apparently they found his body in the, uh, in the water there, yeah. and Jordan was just totally devastated. I, you know, I just—all of this stuff, and, and you watch any of these films, right, that's, uh, that's back in the day. Like, I watched a movie yesterday, it, it, you know, it, it was a, a high school football movie, and and all of a sudden these kids are like out in the middle of the night with their friends da 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 and I'm like I'm like my phone be blowing up if I was doing that well there wasn't any phones back then kind of same thing with with MJ's dad there wasn't phones to be able to say hey you know we ain't found him in a while or he hasn't called in a while let's go on the little find my iPhone or or let's go on to where you know I call it Laura's stalker app her and her her parents have this little app that you can literally see where somebody's at gps on the phone and, and anyway there's just not that that availability but looks like we're, we're going to jump to the phone lines is it it just lit up booner let's uh let's see what interest we pick today hey you're on the grind good morning gentlemen hey what's up mr ward greetings uh, sir sit, yeah yeah just sitting here listening a little bit about the uh jordan jordan deal here um Michael Jordan, in my opinion, best player to ever play the game. It's hard for me to say that because I'm a Larry Bird guy. But every Batman's got to have a Robin. Everyone's got to have a two. It's not like you're playing singles tennis or you're playing heads up, whatever. Yeah, this ain't golf. <laughs> right, right. Scotty Pippen, one of the best defensive players to ever play the game, locked down. You know, during the Olympics, they were Jordan and Pippen were – arguing over who's going to guard Tony Kukoc, and they just shut him down, you know. Um, I love Kukoc in this in this series, too, because, you know, he's, like, oblivious. He's like, I didn't know why they did not want me to score. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Mr. Ward, you know you know why it was so important to shut him down, right? What, what, a, what's, your, what's your opinion? It's to shut up Jerry Krause. That's what Jerry, it was for. There you go. Jordan was always in search of motivation, and it's amazing – the number of things he found to really motivate him. Jerry would not shut up. He got all excited about Kukos. He wanted to sign him. He puts Pippen on hold, and that enraged Jordan. He goes, we got to get Kukos. He's unbelievable on defense. He shoots the three. Or, and, or as Charles Barkley called him, Kukok. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jordan was <laughs> determined to make a total fool out of him. He scored like two points. Yeah, it was it – was- it was something ridiculous from the best European player in the world at that time. Um, the, the, like you said, Jordan looks for reasons to to want to want to beat somebody bad. He he made up a story on LeBradford Smith. Did you see that? Oh, I, didn't. I did. R- refresh our memory. The guy uh, went LeBrad- off, scored thirty seven. He'd never come close in his life. Right. And then, and then he then he makes up a story saying LeBradford Smith puts his arm around him and says, "Good game, Mike." Well, turns out he never said that. And then they <laughs> played him the following night, and Jordan has thirty six in the first half. But everybody bought into it. I mean, you're he goes in the locker room. It's like you won't believe this. This guy trashed me, and he, he said, "Good game," and put me down. And, and everybody everybody jumps on the bandwagon. 
you know, I, I feel like, you know, through seven episodes or through eight episodes, actually, uh, that, that Michael has shown several times to where if there was ever a time where his reign or his his place in sports of that time, I, I don't think it, in, in the 90s Jordan was so much thinking in the history of the game. I, I think he was more like, I'm just going to dominate the time I'm in the league. You know, every time somebody kind of got in his way or, or, you know, a lot of times Jerry Krause wanted to put them in his way, uh, he would make it a point to, to prove that, that, that theory wrong. You look at it with Tony Kukoc, there was another defender. It was right there around dream team time that, uh, that he just pretty much uh, put, him on, put him on skates about every chance he got. And, and, and you can just see that as, it, you know, the Clyde Drexler, you know, when they, when they kind of, you know, put them in the same basket there in that finals there, he, he was like, I, I appreciated Clyde's abilities, but to compare him to me was, it, it was a disrespect to me. And I'm like, oh, wow. And so I feel like that's, that was his, that was his MO through, through the nineties and probably through his career is I'm going to, every time somebody wants to put somebody against me, I'm going to prove to them why they're not, they're not worthy to be there. Right. Hey, Mr. Mr. Ward, what, what did you, I got a couple questions for you. He was very adamant. He's a shrewd street, smart judge of talent. He honestly is. And he made the statement. If a guy is going to come into his house, sit down for two hours and give me his undivided attention the least I can do is just go off the planet, pro- yeah. producing, yeah. entertaining him. And what did you think about, there was a eight-letter eight colorful word starting with an A. His teammates were describing him. A jerk, the colorful A word. And they were telling him, calling him all these things, but his idea was seven letters, my bad. <laughs> I was like, I don't know an eight-letter one. His idea was, you're going to have to put up with me, and I'm going to bludgeon you. I'm going to torture you. I'm going to pressure you so much. When you get in the game, it's going to be a breeze compared to what – I mean, he was – I don't want to say bullying. Hey, Ward, do, do, well, do I, you I, not I, think that, that Phil Jackson's job was maybe the hardest in that, in those latter years because Michael was such a, a – I don't know, like a figurehead in that, in that Bulls organization that – he rubbed people a lot of times the wrong way, and Phil would come around and go, you know, we still got this whole team aspect thing we're trying to do here, Michael. Right. Well, Michael knew he was the best player on the team and in the league, and he just he wanted to he wanted to raise. That's what every great player does. You want everybody else on your team to be better because you're going to need them sooner or later. Whether it was the Scott Burrell that he put through put through a hard time at practice. Oh, he put him through the ringers. Yeah, he did. Um, now, but, but Mr. Ward, you said later, he was going to need him. You know, you said be better, but the the players said he was trying to make us be as good as he was. There's no way we could do that. Well, I mean, you look at Steve Kerr. Do you ever would you pick Steve Kerr over Michael Jordan in any in, in any situation except for a three point contest? I was going to say, if you give me the three point contest, it's maybe a chance. Yeah. His goal every day, he said, was to get the other guys to get in his face and, and start a fight with him. At least Kerr hit him. Yep. Then, I feel I feel like though, even in a three point contest ward, if if I could tick off Michael right before the thing went off, I'd still probably pick Michael now. Well, with his competitive competitive spirit and uh you know he'll look for a reason he'll he'll find a way to win. 
That's what I was going to say. If you could just say, I bet you Steve Curl, if you can hit 17, he can hit 18. Then you yeah. then you better take Michael because it's yeah. going to it's gonna be like that. I'll, I'll tell you, Warden, you know where I stand on it. But uh, this thing's opened me up to uh, to a lot more of the uh, – the killer instinct. I think you put that on Facebook there last night. The killer instinct. The 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 way that that he was he was unwilling to to let the game get bigger than him, and and, and for that to be had in the time that he was was in the league, I think that speaks volumes. Even one thing uh, they were talking about, you know, in '92 he wanted to he wanted to retire in '92 and go play baseball. Then is is the right. story that they put out there, and they said. Well, why don't you do it now? He said, "Oh, well, Magic and Bird—they never done three in a row, so I got to get that done." Right. It's like he and had. He, a, it's like he fun. had a laundry list before he could he could do anything. He was he was a great player. <laughs> hey, brother, here, here's a quick one for you. All right, he's off eighteen months, and and they said if he would have stayed with it long enough, he has two fifty two drives in, fifty run, fifty RBIs. He had a little trouble with the changeup. They said if he would have stayed with it, he would have made it to the major leagues. He comes back 18 months away, totally trained his body for another sport. The fifth game he plays, he gets 55 points. That that's amazing. is amazing. That's amazing, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, that's, 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 off, that's off the charts, guys. That's all you got to say, right? <laughs> yeah. All right, fellas, y'all have a good day, and I'll see y'all soon. Hey, see you, buddy. Thanks for the call. Yeah, thanks. Hey, Mr. Wayne, Ward, Mr. Ward, on his way to the daily grind for the first time in a long time. and uh, We'll get him the good mood going in there. Well, I think so. I think so. Hey, what do you think about this ego of Jerry? Uh, Jerry Krause. What about him What about him taking down Craig Sager? Like, you you know, now Craig Sager's passed away, Mr. Colorful Jacket Guy. Oh, yeah. He's the one that asked him. He said, are you surprised? I can't – this is paraphrase, but – are you surprised that they're playing so good considering all the backstabbing that's going on? And I'm like, oh, wow. Talk about a pointed question. And, and Krause kind of got really turned out on that one and, and basically pointed out that there was not such thing and these guys are professionals and they know what they need to do, da-da-da-da-da. And then basically like kills the press conference right there. And it's funny because like uh, Ahmad Rashad and all those guys are there and they look over and they go, thanks, Craig. <laughs> and I'm just like, well – you know, that's a way to get to it. You Here, know, no dancing around. Here's what's so weird, though. You don't go to Phil Jackson and say, I don't care if you go 82-0. and 0. Oh, by the way, you're gone. This is it. And he he wanted more credit. He had a big ego. Well, you know, if he had not had those six NBA championships in his back pocket, there's no way in the world he would have acted like a stupid fool and broke that team up. Jordan averaged 36 points in the playoffs. Well, at that point, he only had five, Boone. <laughs> he only had five in the back pocket. He, I, I think it was one of those deals where, uh, again, he couldn't be the front page of the, the program anymore. He wanted mm. more and all credit. Yeah, and, and so I think, I think you know, sometimes ignorance is, is right at the forefront of success sometimes. You know, sometimes you luck into it, sometimes you're just that good, and sometimes you move from one of those to the other. So I, I think Jerry Krause is, 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 you know, a product of his own demise. I mean, you know, you look at it, if that team would have stayed together, could they have had eight, could they have had ten? Who knows? I mean, I think the sky's the limit. There was a lot of great players coming up in that latter part of the 90s. But at the same rate, I think Jordan and, and the crew that was, 
that 98 team was not going to be denied, especially if Jerry had given them a good reason to fight a little bit. So Phil Jackson goes on and wins five more NBAs. Yeah, well, that's because Phil Jackson's one of the greatest to ever do it. But, you know, we're going to take a break, listen to these great sponsors. When we come back, start bench cut right here on the, the end of what is a quick hour of sports right here in Blunt County. But we'll be back, start bench cut on the other side of the break. You're listening to The Grind, 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM, and streaming at WKVL.com. We'll be right back. You don't want to miss it. Buying a home is one of the biggest financial decisions you will ever make, and it can be overwhelming. But Donna Cry at Mortgage Investors Group is committed to making your home buying experience a pleasure. Donna Cry is my personal home mortgage specialist. MIG is rated number one in residential mortgage lenders in Tennessee. Are you considering a new home? Then use who I trust, Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group in Maryville. Whether you're buying your first home or your fifth, Donna will help you put your home ownership plans into action. Call Donna at 865-984-9948 or or go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender. At Rule King, we live, love, and embrace a rural lifestyle. We want to thank our customers for working with us to keep promoting, preserving, and protecting the rural lifestyle. Our promise to you is to continue working hard to give the best price, quality, and service every day while improving our new shopping options like buying online at RuleKing.com and picking up at the store. Thank you for shopping your neighborhood Rule King, America's farm and home store. Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Have you been asking yourself if it's time to take that business idea and make it a reality? Do you need help with marketing or getting a leg up on the competition? Then check out my friends at 42nd Street Marketing right here in Maryville, a company invested in Blount County and ready to help. They can take your business to the next level. Mike, Jana, and the staff at 42nd Street are a dream to work with, and I'm proud to say that they built the grindonsports.com into what it is today. But if you need marketing and maybe don't know where to start, check out my guys at 42nd Street Marketing right here in Maryville. Their phone number is 865-982-7007, or you can check out their work online, 42sd.com. Again, phone line is 865-982-7007 or online at 42sd.com. Check them out. I think you'll be glad you did. 
Your local Blount County Community Food Connection is still open serving local families in time of need and hardship. We provide prepackaged groceries to help meet your nutritional and dietary needs. The Community Food Connection is open Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday from 10 a.m. until noon for drive-up delivery only. Residents are asked to remain in their vehicle so that our volunteers may safely distribute the food. Directions as to how to enter and depart the facility will be clearly displayed. We thank you for your cooperation and look forward to serving you at your Blunt County Community Food Connection. We don't always promise to be perfect, but we promise to give you our honest opinion. This is Sports Radio from a fan's perspective. You're listening to The Grind on 100.9 FM, 850 AM, Rocky Top Sports. Welcome back inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser alongside Booner in what has been a wild and crazy Monday edition. But it just gets started. But Star Bench Cut, Boone, will uh, will take us to another level. Uh, we've got about 12 minutes to talk it out and three big topics to beat around on. Here's Start Bench Cut. Again, we're going to give the listeners a little bit of a background. Start Bench Cut, you start one you bench one, and then you cut one. And the problem with these are, Boone, is all three of them are good. All three of them are things you'd like to have or players you're going to like or, or what have you. So I usually make it kind of tough on Boone, and I think today is maybe no different. Let's start here, Boone. We'll start with with, with the Vols. And, and really, what would mean more for Tennessee? Tennessee is a university. Tennessee is an athletic department, however you want to put it. Jeremy Pruitt beats Alabama this year, knocks the the monkey off the back, first assistant under Saban to go and beat the mentor, all the the hoopla that would come with that, all the recruiting wave that could come with that, all that being said, Pruitt beating Bama this year, is it the number one? Or Lady Vols make it to the Final Four by beating UConn? I, th- yes. I think that's a big one. I think that's something that, that Kelly Harper could put on her resume that would stick for a long time, especially in orange. And then also, I think it would be a sign of the times of Geno and, and the decline that, that hopefully would ensue with UConn basketball. Or or Tony Vitello and the baseball Vols, the base Vols, make it to the College World Series. I'm not sure that wasn't going to happen this season, but I think you give them the opportunity to bring some of these guys back, some got some opportunities to get these young recruits in there, and the baseball Vols can make a return to Omaha that they haven't been to since the year 2005. So, so Boone, start bench cut. Vols beat beat Alabama. Vols, Lady Vols beat UConn, or base Vols get to Omaha. At the end of your life, wherever you are is a culmination of decision making. Having said that, I better make some good decisions. <laughs> I was going to say. I was Where gonna is say. he going? I'm going to start Jeremy Pruitt beating Mr. Saban. I would love it, especially if it would mean it would knock him out of the championship picture. He's waited. He, th- he thinks he should have done it like, what, three years ago? Every year just makes a difference. I'm going to start that. I'm going to bench – Mr. Vitello in the baseball Vols simply because he has done all the baby steps. 
Every year he's gotten us farther along, a little bit better. And this year's pitching staff, the leaders in the nation in all these categories, was totally unbelievable. The only reason I'm cutting Kelly Harper, making it to the Final Four, is she's only been here one year. She's not done what Vitello has as far as making those baby steps, getting this improvement this year, this improvement. So uh, I'm going to simply cut the Lady Vols and give them a little bit more time, and they will not be cut. Not so fast, my friend. Oops. I literally put these things in the order that I spoke them. And the reason I say that is I think when I talked about the the onset, the impact to the university, I, I start Jeremy Pruitt beating Saban, beating Alabama, uh, because if social distancing rules have been lifted, you won't be able to get a ticket to the game right after the Alabama game. If we were to knock off Alabama, the the flood the orange floodgates would open, and here would come a whole drove of of Tennessee fans that haven't been there in a long time. And some people would say if they weren't there in the tough, they shouldn't come afterwards. Yeah, but that ain't the way this thing rolls. But I think Tennessee would take a shot in the arm that you couldn't believe in, and then honestly, the impact of the university because when football is hot, everything's hot, everything's making money. So I think I think the impact overall. His biggest with Jeremy Pruitt beating, beating Nick Saban. And, and then I say on the flip of that, give me Kelly Harper uh, beating Geno to get to the Final Four because, again, that's a feel-good story. It's a hate fest when we play them. And ultimately, uh, you want to beat somebody who is the best in the sport. And, and at the at the moment, with, with the lady at Baylor retiring, I think Stanford lady is, is on her way out. I think she's really looking uh, at Geno as, as kind of the, the – the one that needs to be teed up and, and kind of uh, knocked out of the out of the picture. So I think if Kelly Harper could get over that hump, uh, she'll have some uh, some breathing room there to build what she wants to build at Tennessee. And then, then I'm going to cut Tony Vitello in the baseballs, not because it's not a great accomplishment, not because it's not a really good thing because of the strength of SEC baseball, but it's just at the end of the day, a packed house at Lindsey Nelson is about 3,500. And a packed house in Neyland Stadium is about a hundred and two thousand. So, uh, I uh, I just think the impact to the to the community and different things like that speaks heavier uh, on the football end of things. But uh, that doesn't make any of the other two uh, any less important. Number two, start bench cut, and this is where we get off the reservation a little bit. Board or family games, Monopoly, Battleship, and the all infamous Uno card. I'm going to start Battleship. I love the strategy. I love the, the way to hide things. And it's just mysterious and you're matching wits. I'm hmm. going to bench Uno because the hands are played. You come back, you play another one. You come back, you play another one. The reason I am bored with board game Monopoly, most of the time when I play it, I know early into the game I don't have all those expensive properties and my sink my ship is sunk and <laughs> I, I, ju- I just lose interest it's almost like someone takes off like wildfire and someone gets kind of trashed and see it's a slow death see I, uh, I I'm I'm very I'm almost on board with you we cut the same thing but I'm gonna start uno because I just feel like you can start and stop uno whenever you want that's why I like it because it's you don't have to set aside a whole day to play uno you can just get in, get out. 
okay, we're going to play real aggressive. We're going to, you know, call people's bluff. We're going to do all this and the game's over. It's fine. No problem. Battleship is cool, but it's just kind of a onesie twosie. So it's, it, I like it too, because it's me versus you. It's not this whole circular. Well, if they reverse the order, then I'm in trouble. Da da da. So I like that. And then I'm cutting monopoly just because it takes forever. Like you can't, there's no such thing. I, I played the quick version of Monopoly one time, and it was like seven hours. Like, it's 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 terrible. Now, I will say I've, I've upgraded. I got Volopoly, so it's at least cool in that because you can buy properties like The Rock or you can buy something like Norfolk Southern, you know, the railroad that goes by the university. Cool. You can buy all the, the cool properties that you want. It's it's same premise, but at least then you know what you're buying. You got a little bit I'm buying there, uh, but I still cut Monopoly. It's just it's just too long. Nothing nothing really. After about the fourth hour, you're like, I don't care. I don't care. Park place, whatever. But here on the tail end of Start Bench Cup, biggest storyline for the Vols heading into fall 2020. Eric Gray, Henry Tuoto, Henry H2O as you call him, or will Harrison Bailey see the field? I think all of these are big, big questions, but which one do you start, which one you bench, and Boone, which one do you cut? We got a glimpse in the end of this season, Mr. Eric Gray going off the deep end on Vanderbilt. I want to continue that. And we need him in this short passing attack, in in the rushing attack. I want him to pick off right where he left off. I'm going to start Eric Gray and mix in some of these other guys and I just feel like the reason we're getting such a good recruiting class, Wayno, is so many times last season I looked up and I'm like, oh, dang, he's starting a freshman. He showed all these freshmen, you will come in here and play. Henry H2O is my cut. I want him to anchor that. Uh, so your bench or your cut? My bench, I'm sorry. I want him to anchor the defense, pick up where we lost our linebacker, to the pros, the other guy with him, and uh, Harrison Bailey. Uh, someone's going to have to get hurt, or he's just going to have to develop, say, the third, fourth, fifth game. Since that's kind of a later developing project, I'm going to uh, cut Mr. Bailey. See, I'm I'm in a little different I'm in a little different order than you. I'm I'm actually mm. going to start Harrison Bailey seeing the field because I think bigger story is JG showed us a lot of things, but consistency wasn't one of those. And so I think a lot of people is going to be pining for Harrison Bailey getting an opportunity, getting a shot. So I think it's going to get a lot more play than we would probably like it to from a consistency standpoint. But I like the uh, I like the the conversation piece that Harrison Bailey seeing the field could be. Uh, I'm going to bench Henry. H2O, and the reason I say that is because I think with Batuli and, and Daryl Taylor exiting, I, I think you're going to have to see him lock some things down between him and, and the corners. I think that's going to have to be the, the trifecta that, that kind of keeps this defense in tune until we can get some of these young players up to speed. And I'm actually going to cut Eric Gray, and I say that because – uh, I think he, with Ty Chandler, with Tim Jordan, with a lot of these young players coming in, I think it's going to be running back by committee early on, and I think I'm going to be excited for whoever carries the rock behind that offensive line that hopefully has two All-Americans on it. What we need is a committee of rock carriers who absolutely will not let that ball loose, stumble around and fumble it. I want to, I want to stress the defenses the entire field – and Eric Gray is my main way to do that. Boone, I think what we really need is a little bit more time on this show. 
We always hit the top of the hour right before the Jason Swain Show with things left unsaid. But, hey, we'll talk about it again tomorrow. Don't miss Tuesday edition. But until then, if you're on your way to work or on your way home, take care, be safe, and, yes, grind on.